actually recognizing that a part of what we are called to do is shape culture and pay attention to cultural forces and interact with those forces and help the people that we're influencing interact with those forces in Christian ways. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, welcome back to Resurgence Culture. I am here with my guy, David McDowell. What's going on, everybody? Man, it's going to be exciting today. We, we promised the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Steve Shank. I'm so excited uh, that you got to be with us today. Well, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, it's, it's really cool. Uh, before we get started, i, I just tell you a little about Steve. Uh, Steve is a guy that the first time I met him... Um, as I was kind of making my way along Buffalo in the church planting world, he uh, said to me, hey, man, I don't want anything uh, from you. I want everything for you. And, hey. uh, and I was like, man, I can hang with this guy um, because he wants to give me stuff. So uh, <laughs> anyways, man, just become a really good friend. I, in my opinion, I don't know. He may not say the same thing, but one of my closest ministry friends here in <laughs> Buffalo. So uh, love this guy. And I love the way he thinks challenges me all the time and uh, so i'm super excited to have this conversation uh david you know him through bump right that's right listen i would call steve one of the most genuine people that i know um i'm consistently impressed by his ability to like handle difficult situations and difficult people so yeah yeah especially me <laughs> especially <laughs> elijah i would, I would call him the rob bell don't you? <laughs> uh, all right you guys are you guys were, were were filling my head full of sweet things and then you then and you then called me names. down <laughs> oh man that's this messed up if rob bell you're listening to this podcast i'm sorry that's uh, good we'll have you on we'll talk to him yeah, exactly right like, all right well anyway so today as we promised I, I think uh steve does just a really good job at least from uh, my perspective i've been to his church a couple of times uh of of navigating um what church looks like in this post-christian world uh, uh, the United States, um, and uh, I love just having these conversations with him. And so, um, and I, I just think he, he does a really good job of just commentating, you know, socially on, on like, um, how, how, where the church has been. And so, uh, for this, hour, this, this, uh, little podcast that we're going to do for the next 25 minutes, I think we're just going to talk about, uh, the world in general is, uh, maybe focus a little bit from the world, uh, to Western civilization, cause that's a, that's a big topic. Um, uh, and talk about post Christianity. So, so what? How would you define post Christianity, Steve? Yeah. Well, so I think I would want to talk about post Christianity within the larger. Con- well, I don't know about larger conversation, but with like within tied to the conversation about post modernity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, I think that post Christianity in the West, you know, we're we are obviously all the statistics are showing that we're leaving our Christian roots, Mm -hmm. um, both in terms of church attendance and participation, but also in terms of what we believe in our connection to God and to Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that's actually a phenomenon that is the product of the church's inability to navigate well the shift from modern to postmodern culture in the West. I think that that's actually why we're seeing this post-Christian shift or this post-Christian you know, post-Christianism is happening because the church is not actually speaking to our culture. We're speaking to the culture that used to be here. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, let's let's talk a little bit of history. I, I think because, uh, David, we, we were uh, talking about this the other day, right? Like, uh, for whatever reason, uh, the church continues to find itself behind, right? And yeah. so uh, we, had, we, had, we were... Uh, 
when we find ourselves behind, we, we like to do cookie cutter things, right? And everybody starts trying to look alike and think alike. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think we saw that a really big part of that in the last maybe 20 years in the uh, church growth movement, where mm-hmm. almost every church looked exactly the same, right? Everyone now is in the space where we, <laughs> everyone has a deep V-neck, right? Everyone has the tightest jeans and they're all ripped. And I refused that life. That wood pellet wall. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Wood pellet. I actually saw someone uh, a, a recent picture on Facebook where the the uh, and they're nowhere around here, so you don't have to worry about that. But like they just didn't even put the pallets on the wall. They just found oh, pallets. Oh, I've seen that. And they just laid them there. Yeah. And they're just like, well, did you forget? You know, Tuesday's trash day or something <laughs> like that. So, so, anyway, Steve. So, um, yeah, let's let's talk about the why. Why do you why do you think the church um, ha- has fallen behind? I think that was kind of where you were going with with this. Why why are we not speaking to where we're at right now? I think. Well, so I th- I would point at two things. Mm-hmm. One is just the simple fact that all institutions are inherently conservative or traditional. Yeah. Not conservative politically, but just that's what an institution is and does, is it conserves what it's, like it conserves the tradition that that, it, that it's received. Yeah. Um, and so to the degree that the church functions as an institution, it's always going to be backward looking. And yeah. there's, there's a part yeah. of that that's really healthy. There's things in the past that we must cling to. Yeah. Um, but there's also... You know that the the things in the past that we must cling to and can't forget are also the things that should be propelling us forward and outward into the culture and into the world and engagement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't do that very well. So I think that's one thing. I think the second thing, and this is where like leaning really heavily on something that I read in um, one of Dallas Willard's books, but he talked about what he called the vessel trap, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and just the idea that. Uh, the gospel is a treasure that must be contained in a vessel, which the vessel represents our culture or yeah. any culture. Yeah. And uh, so the gospel is not something that exists outside of culture. Christian faith, Christian practice must exist within a cultural container. Um, but the trap is that we can very easily confuse the cultural vessel for the gospel treasure. Yeah. Um, and he, in, I think it's in Renovation of the Heart where he kind of spells that, I- that idea out. But he points specifically at the Jerusalem Council, the New Testament church, yeah. having to wrestle with, the, that's the first vessel trap, is the question of whether or not Christian faith and the gospel, the belief in, in Jesus as the, the Messiah, the Christ, the Lord, um, and the, the life and practice that flow from that, is that inherently Jewish or not? Yeah. And yeah. the first church ultimately, I mean, they wrestled, it was painful, but they ultimately said it's not a Jewish thing. Yeah. It's, it's something else. Now, that doesn't mean that you can have it apart from culture. Mm-hmm. Like it was in a Jewish container. It's got to be translated into other containers, right? You can't mm-hmm. have this outside of culture. Mm-hmm. But that decision was made to say Christianity is not a Jewish thing. It's a, a universal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the work was done to translate that into different cultures. And the church for the last 2000 years has been struggling every time, every time we, you know, enflesh the, the gospel into a new culture that, that those Christians wrestle with the vessel trap themselves. Yeah. How do we make sure that what we're doing is actually about Jesus, not about just being American or Kenyan or whatever it is that, that they are. Yeah. And so then... You know, throughout the generations as cultures change. And I, I would argue again that what we're seeing is we're seeing a culture that has shifted radically 
um, from what I would call a modern culture to what I would call a postmodern culture. And the church, yeah. because because we didn't pick up and move from one continent to another, we actually didn't recognize that we're actually in a different culture. Yeah. And so we're still now trying to talk about the treasure mm-hmm. in terms that make sense in a modern culture, right? That's the vessel that like a lot of churches are still kind of operating from is like, well, we're all modern people. And it's like, your neighbors aren't, yeah. they're just not. You might as well look at them like they're Kenyan mm-hmm. because they're not modern Americans, they're postmodern Americans. And, yeah. Yeah. and so I think, again, that, that, that would be for me what I would point at is those two things, like the just kind of inherent conservative nature of institutions and the fact that we are, <laughs> we're, we're mistaking our neighbors for living in the same culture as us. And there yeah. are, I mean, there are, I think there are, clearly there are still parts of America where people are still modern, even if they're not Christian. And yeah. there are parts of the church where people are postmodern, even though they're still Christian. But I would say to a large degree, secular Americans are postmodern and Christian Americans are modern, mm. like I think, in culture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, it, so, I mean, you're talking about a culture shift here, right? So is there something that we can look back over, like, the past 200 years in America where there, we see a similar shift like we've seen now? Or is this the first time that we're going through something like this? Well, so, I mean, this is where, you know, I live today and I'm a pastor right. today. So, sure. like, I'm, I, I, to a certain degree, I'm a student of today's culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I'm not a historian or, sure. you know what I mean? So I don't have the same kind of lens on different periods in history what I would point back to is for a similar kind of a shift would be the Reformation, the Enlightenment. That I mean, that's obviously those aren't the same thing. Sure. But that period yeah. of, you know, really kind of the some of the technological drivers being, you know, opening up the world to exploration. Again, technology allowed for that to happen. The invention of the printing press, which, you know, radically trans, uh, transformed humanity's relationship to information. Those are things that ended up driving, I think, in my, in my understanding of, of history, driving the Reformation and driving the Enlightenment and creating the shift from what you might call medieval culture in the West to sure. what we would call modern culture in the West. Okay. Um, and I think that, that's a, that we're going through or have gone through a similar shift in the West from modern culture to postmodern culture. And I think it's being driven by the same kinds of things. It's being driven by technology. So yeah. technology in the last 60 to 70 years has made it radically, like exponentially sure. easier for people and ideas and things to trans- translate around the globe. And well, that's, that's what's driving this. Well, I see, I, I would say I, I definitely agree with that. And so this is something we've, we've had, um, especially the last couple of days, a, a real conversation around. Um, I think even the time that Jesus... Uh, comes into the world, right? We see technology mm-hmm. is at its highest point, right? We have uh, what is essentially um, highway police basically being yeah. created by the Roman culture. We have roads that still exist till today. We have a unified language. We have um, peace that, you know, saying throughout the land. So trade is happening. So, mm-hmm. so like Jesus comes in really at the time, at the pinnacle of history, um, to where the world was big enough at the same time was becoming small enough, small enough for uh, a central message to really go out. Um, and so, uh, my my whenever I look back, especially as a believer, as a pastor, as someone who is uh, a lover and follower of Jesus, I, I see this giant rock basically being uh, uh, laid down in the stream of of uh, of life, right? 
and that has the ripple effects basically to change that, that kind of changes the life as we know it right um and, and uh especially in the west uh, i i think uh, i think about some of the things that you were saying i i see this this underpinning of uh this uh judeo-christian um uh, experiment that uh almost is a little bit of uh, I would say, and I'm, I'm backing down even as I'm talking, uh, <laughs> a, a little bit of, uh, you know, a, um, uh, a catalyst for, for uh, life as we know it, right? This unified sense of justice and uh, equality uh, kind of comes from this, 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 uh, this space where, um, I guess, Christ comes into the picture, right? Uh, Rome becomes quote and unquote a, a, a Christian you know type of government system you know it's mixed up all in there and we start seeing history moving forward for better or for worse right and I and I love for you to just to kind of hit on that and and, and you would say uh, maybe and I don't want to put words in your mouth that I maybe overestimate how much that uh, that was connected um, but we would both say that it, there was a connection that kind of caused yeah. These things, the Enlightenment, all these different things, the Reformation, all, all these different things yeah. uh, coming from uh, Judeo-Christianity. I don't know that I would say that you overestimate the importance of Christianity to Western culture. I think just in our conversations, you know, mm-hmm. maybe I just haven't heard you emphasize some of the other influences enough, mm-hmm. and that's what's led to some of our conversations. <laughs> but no, I, I 100% agree that Western culture as we know it doesn't exist in anything at all like what it exists today if it's not for the influence of christian faith like it's 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 an it's a i mean it's like you know what's the most important ingredient in a cake the sugar the eggs or the flour like you don't have a cake if you don't have all three so western culture i don't know if there's how many how many ingredients we want to point at but like christian faith is one of the ingredients that's absolutely essential to what we know as western culture mm-hmm. uh, again as you pointed out for better for worse. <laughs> i mean i think I, I would want to say that there is no culture that i want to prioritize as better than any other culture yeah. um again that idea of the vessel trap that's actually inherent to that that yeah. that there is no culture that's better or worse mm-hmm. and all cultures are fit containers for the christian gospel mm-hmm. and when the gospel enters into a cultural container it will inherently transform that container, yeah, right? Yeah. And it will find places where that culture is in alignment to the will of God, and it will strengthen them and bolster them, and it will find places where that culture is out of alignment with the will of God, yeah. and it will confront them or transform them. or you know. So I think that that, and, and that's true of modern culture, that's true of postmodern culture, that's true of Eastern culture, or African culture, or Western culture, or, you know. <laughs> but, but I think, so what I heard you asking is just to comment on, the importance of Christian faith to the creation of Western culture. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, again, like there's, there's a historical question there that I'm not an expert on. Um, but, but when I look at where we're at today, um, in, in, you know, in America really is, is where I I don't know if I can call myself an expert, but I live here and I pay attention here. Yeah. That like our cultural imagination, Mm -hmm is inherently Christian. Yeah. Even if our faith as a, as a country is no longer in Christ or in the Christian church, even if we're no longer participating in the forms of Christian faith, our, our cultural imagination isn't, I mean, it's steeped in Christian thought, yeah. Christian yeah. values. 
you know, our moral intuitions are shaped by Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we think about justice, we think about justice in Christian terms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we might not do that explicitly. We might not know that we're doing that, but that is what we're doing. Um, you know, when we think about spirituality or relationships or when we use the word God, whether we're using it as an epithet or not, mm-hmm. all of those things are shaped by Christian faith and Christian experience and Christian teaching. Again, whether we are Christians or not, that is true. And that is absolutely what it means to call ourselves a Western culture is mm-hmm. that that we're you know now that might not be true in the future right like mm-hmm. those things i think are changing that's part of what's going on in this postmodern shift is postmodernity is inherently um what's the word i'm looking for acidic maybe <laughs> towards its own foundations right like that's that's part of what it means to be postmodern people is we're skeptical of our own foundations and that is you know i don't know exactly what that will mean for the future yeah i mean that yeah, I love how um, Mark Sayer says it um, in his book, The, the Spirit Church. He, 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 he calls it um, wanting the, the kingdom without the king. Um, yeah. and, I, and I think we, we're, we're living in a space right now where we, we want uh, the, the sense of justice that I think we all uh, could see and agree to, but we don't want the one who defines that justice. Um, and it's it's really hard for the church right now. And so I think even to go back a little bit, um, you know, we were we, you know, you were talking about the vessel trap, and, and I think where a lot of people are, are trying to figure out because we're just behind. I love how you talk about uh, like how like when you you kind of break down uh, where the church is right now as opposed to where the culture is. Um, uh, I think. People are trying to figure out what is that line, right? Uh, and we were talking about it a little bit ago. It's like, what can we uh, deconstruct to make sure that we're we're keeping what's right, uh, but we're throwing away what's what's not? Um, and, and and what do we keep? And I think that's the struggle that I see uh, happening in, in the church. And uh, I mean, David, you can speak to this, like. Like even some of the battles that we've had uh, in, in our very young church, we're six, seven weeks old right now, right? And like, and trying to figure out, like, okay, so what does it look like to be a church that really wants to engage the culture well, but not lose ourselves? Right. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm, I mean, who knows, right? Like, what what do we keep? What what do we let go? It's and especially when you're you're when you're talking to people who have an idea of what they think church should be like, then you're, it's like your three worlds are colliding, right? It's the one you want to create. It's the one that exists. And then, and then it's someone else's. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. you have all three of those things and it's like, well, how, I mean, you're going to offend someone, right. Yeah. And someone's going to disagree and there's going to be carnage, but you know, you, I guess you, you know, you push through, right. I mean, ultimately a third culture is going to be created. Yeah. Right. Just depends on like, what it is yeah 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 and so so i i so about that i love that you went there um and so i, I uh the book which i've been reading and, and listening to guys like john mark and, and mark sayers and, and, and reading i i just got the um uh, my life among the death works and he talks about this right the, the cultures right um and he would use language of pre-credal credal and post-credal and then he would say that so we're not going back um 
Right. All right. Like right. We're, we're we're not going back. No, I don't think anyone would would, would would say that. Right. Culture continues to go forward. Uh, so how do we create a, a fourth culture? Um, uh, so again, like I like. Steve, how do you see that? Where do you see the church kind of failing in, in trying to create this new culture? Um, yeah. Well, that, that yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I understand what you're saying. And I think, so I, I would say first that largely we're not attempting to. Right. That that's yeah, actually yeah, part yeah, of yeah, the failure. Yeah, is that yeah. like we don't see that as a, as a, a key part of the project that we're engaged yeah. in. Yeah. It's not the only project. So, so I mean, they're obviously like, the, the command of the church is teach people how to follow Jesus ultimately. Right. right? Yeah. And so that is to a certain degree, like about helping one person in front of me follow Jesus with their whole life. Um, but even in, you know, in Matthew's version of the great commandment, it's go make disciples of all nations. So this isn't just about like one person. It's also about communities. It's about nations. It's about culture. And so actually recognizing that a part of what we are called to do is shape culture mm -hmm. and pay attention to cultural forces and interact with those forces and help the people that we're influencing interact with those forces in Christian ways. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that in many ways, that's almost like the biggest thing is that, you know, the church can either be ignorant of culture or reactionary towards culture instead of, you know, um, having a posture towards culture that says like, our, our job is actually to engage from the perspective of, you know, our pursuit of Christ in, in shaping culture. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's what I would say. So, well, because um, I know, so, like, we, so from my perspective, right, with my tradition, like, we grew up kind of ignoring culture, trying to um, avoid it. And then you would have these, like, Christian bands who would, instead of, like, creating their own type of music, would adopt, like, secular yeah. narratives and be like, oh, we're the Christian band who doesn't call themselves Christian, so it's it's not, like, it's, they're creating this weird, like, uh, ugly, like, subculture because of, like, attaching themselves to secular culture. So, like, I feel like we're coming out of, like, that those types of waters. So, like, it was the avoidance, and then it was, like, this weird sub thing, and now it's like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't even, like, I think I agree with you, like, we don't know where we are. Well, so this is where, honestly, the New Testament is so helpful, yeah. because what we're talking about doing is what the first century church did with mm -hmm. their own culture yeah. and the record of that project mm -hmm. and its failures and its successes is what we call the New Testament. Yeah. yeah. Or at least, you know, Acts and the Epistles, right? Yeah. Like that's what that is. The, the major ethical question of the New Testament, not the major question, but the major ethical question of the New Testament is, do Gentiles have to be Jewish to follow Jesus? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Well, so yeah. that's a question of like clashing cultures and what is it, you know, like that's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. there's so much that's present in the New Testament that's actually helping us to think about what it means to engage in our culture in a way that's not beholden to our culture, but also not just rejecting it out of hand simply because, you know, I don't know, because we're scared of it or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, actually, yeah. So one of the things that's really interesting, not all of these groups are present in the New Testament, but they were all present in the New Testament world. So you could think about, um, you know, avoiding culture. So like going to homeschool, like, you know, like 
build, build a bunker, like, <laughs> kind of Christian route, you know what I mean? David was homeschooled. Right? Well, I, and this I, is, I didn't have a bunker. <laughs> yes. This is not to say that everybody who homeschools is doing this, but, but that approach to culture, that's what the Essenes were doing. Yeah. yeah. They were hiding in caves, waiting for the kingdom to come. Yeah. You had the zealots who were saying, let's pick up a sword and stab a Roman in the belly for the sake of the kingdom. That's yeah. what it means to be faithful to God. You had the Sadducees who were basically saying, let's get close to Roman power so we can get some of that for ourselves. Yeah. That's the best way yeah. to, to follow God. You had the, the Pharisees who were essentially saying, like, strict doctrinal and, and uh, lifestyle purity is the way to... And in each of those, you can see the contemporary church having that same kind of relationship to culture. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus comes in and is like, we're not going to kill Romans. We're not going to judge people. Mm-hmm. We're not going to hide from people. We're not just going to go along to get along. Mm-hmm. We're going to stand right here in this place and operate from a very different kind of relationship to our culture. Yeah. And I think that's, again, like that to me is a really helpful thing yeah. for us to be thinking about and engaging. And it's all right there in the book that we claim to hold um, True. That, I think that's an awesome place uh, to stop this week. I know you guys want more. Uh, we're going to be with him again next week. Uh, but um, I, I, I was thinking as you were you were talking, uh, just the scripture where, where um, Paul says, I become all things to all people. Um, and there's this, 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 this space, I think, uh, for, for the believer that has fear that thinking that if I become all things to all people, then I lose myself in in, in that in that place and the church has been hiding uh, for a long time um, but as uh, you so um, um, beautifully articulated a second ago uh, man um, that this is what God has called us to do and we have a record of it being done well um, and that's the reason why we're here we stand on those shoulders so uh, until next week guys we want you to go live for the week and celebrate on the with other Jesus followers. We're really excited about this conversation. Uh, tune in next week to uh, listen to uh, the conclusion or the second <laughs> part of our conversation with Steve uh, as we make these conversations really practical. So what does it look like yeah. in Buffalo? Uh, yeah. Right? It's going to be awesome. All right. Thanks wait. for having me, guys. Yeah, yeah.